The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, June the 23rd, currently 102 on the East Coast, here to recap what we saw in the NBA draft on Thursday evening. And joining me to help me break it down, I got my guy here with me, Lante Smith. Lante, how you doing, my man? Yeah, man, doing good. Uh, I'm kind of glad that draft is over. A lot of a lot of long uh, nights studying and doing all that stuff, man. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we get to dissect some of these picks and uh, looking forward to breaking it down with you guys. I'm not sure if you dissected some of the other talent you and I were talking about uh, <laughs> last night, but we'll discuss that later. Also yeah. joining us here, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, NFL, MLB, uh, here on the NBA pod as well, and the WNBA, of course. It's Scott Studio, right, Shell? Scott, how you feeling, my man? Yeah, feeling pretty good. Overall, I feel like the draft was relatively uneventful compared to most years. I was expecting a lot more trades. We didn't really get that. We had one in the top 10, uh, or a couple in the top 10 technically, because you also had the 10th pick getting traded to the Thunder. But for the most part, I thought it was pretty uneventful. To be honest, I really didn't watch much of the draft because A, uh, why bother? And B, I was watching LSU Wake Forest in the College Baseball World Series, which was a lot of fun. 0-0 game in the 11th inning. And then you had to walk off two-run homers. So that's what I was doing for a couple hours there. A lot of fun. But, of course, you know, I was still following some of the draft stuff live. Then I went through all the picks afterwards anyway. So I'm ready to go for the podcast. But for the sake of watching the draft, I am curious, have you been glued year in, year out to watching picks or do you just check back every now and then? I usually tune in for maybe the top 10 or top 12 to 15 picks. And then if like my team, the Rockets are picking, I'll, I'll tune back in. But I'm usually tuned in for about the top. Yeah, top 10. I'll push it to top 15. After that, it kind of gets dried out. But I think last and, night. And Twitter spoils it all anyway, a couple minutes before the picks are made anyway. Yeah, so I, I turned off my notifications last night uh, after at least the top 10 picks, um, and I was actually watching it um, on mute <laughs> for some of uh, uh, some other reasons. But, um, yeah, man, you're right. Last night it was kind of a little bit un- or uneventful, especially after, what, the top 10 picks. It kind of got a little dry. There are some shocking picks. We'll dig into that from at least from 11 to 19, but – yeah, I'm with you there, man. It's it was kind of a really uh, a dry draft last night. We were expecting, as I was, um, some more significant trades to go down, at least for the draft. But maybe that transpires in free agency. We'll talk about that later down the road. But uh, Lante, same thoughts on the draft last night. Kind of dry after maybe the top ten. Uh, I mean, I, I like the draft more than most people, so I, pre- I pretty much was glued to it like the whole the whole time. A little unnecessary uh, like interviews with certain people. I thought it could have been faster, which I mean, you know, the the interviews are what they are. But oh, you mean um, every parent of the yeah, kids like, that got interviewed? Yeah, I mean, I, I big fan of some of the parents, man, uh, especially the moms. <laughs> big big fan of big fan of and the sisters of, of Victor, like the sister of Victor Wimby. I'm a big big fan of that. But uh, yeah, outside of that, man. Um, 
Yeah, I'm actually glued to it. I, I usually watch it on mute, and I usually just try to tweet without like reading the timeline because you know a lot of Shams was um, ruining the draft. Uh, he's doing his best Woj impersonation. Woj like said four minutes ahead, man. Yeah, and Woj said he wasn't going to do it um, on a podcast. I think with uh, Tim Bontemps and Brian Windhorse. Uh, he said yeah. he wasn't going to do it this year. Uh, he was going to be focusing on other things. But, um, yeah, I mean, I tried to stay off of it. But, I mean, I, li- I like looking at, you know, where some of these players are comparing to, you know, where I had them. Um, so, yeah, I- I'm more into it than-, than most. But, I mean, I can understand why you guys wouldn't want to, you know, get into it like that. Of course, I watch it on mute, not into the Jay Billis, J.J. Reddick comparisons. But I am a big fan of um, Andrea and Malika. So, big fan of those two women. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree about what you mentioned about, like, the interviews. It seemed a little bit excessive after, like, the first – like, the top five picks. After that, it kind of, like, kind of dries out. Maybe top ten. Okay, you're a top ten pick in the NBA draft. Uh, but after that, it, it just kind of got a little bit repetitive. But um, kind of looking at the top of the draft, it kind of played out the way, you know, the rumors were swirling before the NBA draft started. Obviously, we know that Victor was going to go number one. The big question mark did come for the Charlotte Hornets on what they did want to do, uh, whether that was going to be Bra- uh, uh, Brandon Miller or that was going to be uh, Scoot Henderson. Um, at the end of the day, they did end up taking Brandon Miller. Uh, I think Mitch Kupchak comes out after the pick was made that, hey, Brandon Miller was our guy all along, but I don't think that way have been the case because unconfirmed reports or reports were saying that, you know, the, the building of or the front uh, office, whether that was Jordan the new ownership, the GM were kind of split on who they wanted to take. And I think from what I read, again, this is all hearsay that Jordan wanted Brandon Miller and the new ownership wanted Scoot Henderson. But I know Scott probably agrees with me as well that the pick at number two by far should have been Scoot Henderson for the Charlotte Hornets. But uh, Scott, we can start with the Charlotte pick at number two. They take Brandon Miller over Scoot Henderson. I personally, I tweeted this out. I think they made a huge mistake again. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. I believe on the pre-draft show that I was on, I said I expected the Hornets to take Miller because it was the wrong thing to do. And based on MJ's track record as a as an owner and what the team has done in the past, not exactly a great showing in the drafts in years past. Now, they hit on a couple of guys. You can, you can say, well, Melo's worked out. Bridges worked out before the off-the-court stuff. But Charlotte's had a history of underwhelming drafts. And it does seem like Miller was a guy who I was lower on than most people. Uh, I just thought that Miller was a guy who I viewed as being a relative ball stopper in college. I don't think he really made his teammates better. He also was brutal in the tournament when it came to shooting. And I do think that, once again, it doesn't automatically mean he's going to be a bust. But in big games, in the biggest of games, he kind of left his teammates out to dry the entire tournament, and that's why they lost to San Diego State because he went like 5 for 19 in that game. But I do think when you're looking at Charlotte, I understand that it's a position of need. You want a small forward, power forward guy, and you could argue, well, we already have Lamelo, so why would we want Scoot Henderson? That's not the point. The point is Charlotte's a bad team year in, year out. I don't think this core is that good, and I'm not saying that you draft Scoots, you could potentially move on from Lamelo. But I'm also not saying that. I I do think that, once again, when your team is consistently not good, you should be drafting on best available as opposed to positions of need. Because if your team's constantly missing the playoffs, then isn't every position a position of need? Because the guys you have at positions aren't good enough to carry you to a playoff spot. So I would have taken Scoot. 
and probably traded Ball at some point down the road. But Ball's the future of the franchise, I guess. It's why they probably won't win anything. But I'm not surprised they made the choice because I said they would do the same thing a week ago. I'm I'm just disappointed for Charlotte fans. And I'm sure you saw a couple of watch party clips on Twitter, whether it was at random bars or whether it was at the actual Hornets arena with the Hornets mascot. They weren't very happy when Miller yeah. was selected over Scoot. The yeah. mascot might have gotten fired for collapsing on the floor when they <laughs> made that pick. But I'm not a fan of it, but I'm not surprised because it's what Charlotte does and it's why the Hornets are usually in the basement. Lance, I know you, I think you probably nailed the top five at least for um, the NBA draft, but you had Brandon Miller slated all along to the Charlotte Hornets. I guess no surprise to you there, huh? Yeah, not really. I mean, I, I'm higher on, on Miller than than a lot of people. I, I just think that he can, although they they should have probably gone to school and then moved him if they were going to do anything to just get a better package, because I think they could have got a better package um, trading that second pick to somebody. But, you know, reports were out that uh, Zion wasn't offered. And, of course, all this stuff comes out after the fact, not during um, yeah. all of the speculations. So, I mean, we know what to think of that. But – I mean, Miller is – so the, the basis of of why people love Scoot is basically personality. I mean, Miller's got kind of like a job personality. Scoot is like a fun guy. He's um, got a big the, personality. The work ethic stuff. Yeah, yeah. So – and I, I think he's he's a more likable person. He has more superstar potential. Uh, he's already been in like a movie and, and a documentary and all that stuff. And, you know, Brandon Miller's past is what it is. So – no matter how much they say, you know, it's not going to come back to to bite them or whatever, people are going to still have those questions. So I think, number one, that's what separates those two. Just speaking of, you know, off the court potential uh, period, I think that's what separates them and why people have this love for Scoot. And I love Scoot as, as well, man. I think he, he's, a, he's a great yeah. player. Um, but again, the, you run into the same situation that he's in in Portland. I mean, they're, they got an undersized backcourt. Um, he's not the best shooter. Uh, he's six two, six three. I mean, Miller brings a different versatility, better defender. Um, I just think that Miller probably fits better. And although I think Scoot was will probably pan out to be the better player, I mean, you don't what you don't want to send a message to Lamelo like, okay, we got this guy, and now you know you got to fit in with him versus yeah. we're gonna draft to fit you because I mean, you know, Lamelo is what he is, but again, I mean, I think he's been to the play in like. What two out of three years that he's been playing, right? Twice, and they lost. Yeah, twice. Like 30 and yeah, they got like I, blown out. I, they but, yeah. came like 140 or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but uh, again, I mean, not a lot of younger players with that roster that he had probably could have could have done that. Um, so I give him a little bit of credit uh, for that. Um, but as far as as Miller, man, I, I like Miller. I think he can score really, really easily at the next level. A lot of stuff translates. I mean, the Paul George thing is. Um, is is like pretty clear. So I mean, you only have to bring that up as far as his playing style. Tell but I Jordan think he, that he airballed the free throw in uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, a workout. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what maybe that's what uh, prompted him to draft him. But yeah, man, I'm higher on Miller. Um, I honestly think he he has he has a shot to be a, a good two way player um, with his length, and it, he'll just have to be more um, locked in uh, throughout the game because he did have lapses at Bama where he was forcing things and, and he thought he had to take over. But again. Alabama is threes or layups or dunks. It's, it's nothing else. I think he'll be able to round out his game more in the NBA. And not to take anything away from Scoot, obviously. He's, he's one of the, the better prospects um, in this draft for obvious reasons. Um, I just think you just can't go into uh, a season with 
the size differential in that backcourt and, and expect to continue. Yeah, I just thought the main issue for me with Miller was his lack of maturity, which we saw in college, of course, for the -the off-the-court stuff he was willing to. But we'll see what happens. I know he's still talented. I'm not saying that he's a bust or anything, but still, I would have taken Scoot because I think that he is a more likely bet to succeed at the next level than Miller because of the maturity and the work ethic. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much how... You're, you're how gambling on prospects good. either way. I mean, everybody coming into the league now is 19 years old who played either in a foreign league, the G League, or one year of on-and-off performance in college. So you're gambling no matter what. That's why I kind of look more towards just work ethic and, I don't want to say personality, but a sense of maturity. That's why I really like the Thompson brothers. I, I really like just what I saw in the G League and how... Uh, they conducted themselves, even with the interview stuff. I thought the divorce quotes were pretty funny about, uh, <laughs> I forgot who got the PlayStation 5, but I thought that it was pretty funny. I don't know. It was like a certain charm that I thought that they had. It seemed like they, was, they were very comfortable with the situation. I thought Miller was too comfortable. He's taking jabs at the guy who's taking, making the second <laughs> overall pick. He's saying Paul George is, is like the goat, and I'm like, what, what is happening right now? Yeah, well, <laughs> well I, I, listened, I listened to the, I listened to the, to the clip, so... He didn't really say like no. He he used goat synonymously yeah. with favorite player, right? Which right, is, yeah. isn't a thing. Yeah, it, it's just it's just the way that they phrased it was like, oh yeah, yeah. Paul George is better than. But when I when you actually watch the clip, you can see it's it's more clickbait than, than anything. But I, I get it. Reminds it. Like, me of the Keen Peel skit where uh, you have Peel playing the basketball player. And he doesn't know the difference between figuratively and li- and literally. I remember that. And he's like telling all the kids to literally go onto like the freeway and to like whatever. And then at the end, uh, he's just like, you know, I apparently confuse what those words mean. I think somebody needs to explain to Brandon Miller that GOAT is an acronym where each letter actually means something. So it can't be your favorite player. I feel like right. someone needs to have that conversation with them. You know? that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. All right, guys. Uh, before we continue the conversation here, let me tell everyone about Bird Dog Shorts. Uh, it's look, it's summertime. Uh, whether you're going to be taking those vacations or you're going to be poolside, uh, you need to check out Bird Dogs. They have some great shorts, some great designs. And they also have the stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs do the exact same thing as Lululemons, but uh, fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts. They're made of a stiff, restrictive cotton. Bardog uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So what you got to do is go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right, guys, kind of going down the um, list here or down the um, draft order, I think the biggest surprise uh, maybe came uh, maybe at that seventh and eighth pick. I know the Pacers and the uh, Wizards swapped picks there, but I think that I I know – yeah, it made me money. I thought that I think that this was going to turn into a sweat for me. I thought this would be closer to where I would have gone to ten or eleven for Bilal, but he ended up getting drafted at number seven, um, and then get traded over to the Pacers, if I'm not mistaken. And then Jars uh, Walker uh, gets uh, picked at number eight. So, um, Lance, why don't you lead us off there, man? Um, I know you had, I think you had what uh, Jars Walker going to the uh, Pacers at number seven. 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I had him um I had him over six and a half uh draft position and um exact team was, was to the Pacers. And I don't I have to look and see how they graded that or, or whatever because he technically didn't get drafted by the Pacers. He got drafted by Washington yeah. and then yeah. traded. So, so I yeah. don't know how they're gonna grade that. I mean technically I guess it's a loser because he didn't get drafted by them, but um, I, I, the NBA I don't know. handles the trade stuff, by the way, dumber than any league I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, so I have doesn't to, make any sense. Get, yeah, I have to get the um, I have to read the the rules on that. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought the Pacers had one of the most like I think they had the worst draft probably out of out of all those guys. Number one, they should have traded a few more of those picks. They bring they're bringing in uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, well, four, and then um, the King guy is on a two way. Um, from whatever country he's in. I, I can't remember the country. But so they bring down four rookies. And I mean, to a team that's already young and I mean you already got your centerpiece or you're building around. So I like Walker. Uh I think he can be uh a defensive anchor along with um with Miles Turner. And I, I think both of those guys have similar skill sets. So I, a lot of people questioning the pick as far as uh fit wise. Maybe they're gonna move off of Turner, who knows? But outside of that, man, I think Bilal, his stock really just jumped up. It's kind of scary he jumped up that far. Um, but in Washington, I mean, he's going to have a chance to to play right away and, and grow. He's a great defender, great length, um, not a good shooter. But, you know, he's got Jordan Poole there for that, so he won't have to worry about that. Well, he was the um, massive the, growth spurt guy, right? He gained like a yeah, foot. He grew, he grew a foot. Yeah, he grew a foot. That's yep. crazy. And I think, you know, playing beside um, Wimby really, you know, boosted up his stock, especially – you know that run that they had going to the French Finals, uh, but yeah, man, I, I think I think Bilal is gonna is gonna be one of those projects that you know takes them a, a year or two to get comfortable, and, and then we'll see a, a real growth from him. Um, so I'm really high on him and his upside. Uh, not so high on Indiana in the draft. Um, don't like a lot of the guys that they. I thought they reached for a couple of these guys. Pretty much the same player in a few of them also. So. Um, Arrow down on Indiana, arrow up on Bilal uh, going to Washington. I think he's going to be a good addition for them, especially on the defensive end. I think that that uh, at this juncture of the draft, and I think the biggest surprise really came at 11. Uh, I think we could say 10 and 11, uh, where Dallas um, took Case and Wallace. And then at number 11, I think was probably the biggest shock of the draft where Orlando takes uh, Jet Howard. Uh, at 11 where i think he was slated to more go towards like closer to after 15 maybe like in that 19 to 20 range yeah, but i had him like 22 yeah i mean this seemed like a bit of a reach here uh scott any thoughts on uh this uh, pick by the magic yeah i wasn't an overall fan of orlando's draft i feel like most people think they were the consensus loser of the draft i think they're yeah. up there i don't like indiana's draft either which delante touched upon i thought they reached on a lot of guys uh just looking at the Pacers quickly because we just talked about them. No offense to mm-hmm. Walker, and I liked Walker at Houston, but if I'm taking a guy in the top eight, I want a guy that has some offensive talent, and I thought that Walker was more of a defensive guy. They already have Miles Turner. I kind of wanted somebody who isn't as raw offensively. Who would you, who, who would you uh, have drafted, Scott? Uh, truth is, Indiana is one of those other teams that you can pretend they're close to something, but they're not. Like Halliburton's a nice starting piece, they still have a couple contracts they need to get rid of. I would have considered potentially taking Hendricks uh, if I was uh, Indiana. Uh, maybe you could argue they could have kept Bilal if you think that he could blossom into something. But 
I just feel like Walker with Indiana is a fit. I don't know if I agree with Indiana likes to play extremely fast. And now you're bringing in Walker, who's roughly 250. Mm-hmm. And what's exactly his role? He's a power forward, small ball center. Is that basically his position? Well, um, at Houston, he played more in a power role because, you know, they had those uh, they had those trio of guards that ran a lot yeah. of pick and rolls. But more so in high school, he which a lot of people reverted back to because he had to fit into a specific role playing with Kelvin Sampson. Uh, he was more so of a playmaker. A lot of people believe in his shooting. Um, he didn't shoot. A, he didn't obviously shoot a lot of um, jumpers in Houston's system, but they, they say in workouts he can shoot them. He, he's uh, pretty confident. They're pretty confident in his jumper. I, I like Walker, but like you said, I mean, I don't know if I like it at eight. I probably would have traded that pick um, at eight. I think that was. I think that was the dead zone with some of those guys um, going there. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you as well. I'll let you finish your point, but I, I agree with you uh, with the Walker stance also. Yeah, but just to finish up with the Pacers, they drafted Shepard, who was one of those late risers, but I watched a little bit of Belmont. I thought he was fine. I'm not sure if he was a first-round guy, but still, Indiana took him. They also have a pretty – they're pretty clogged at that position as well, so I am curious how big of an impact Shepard can make immediately or if he's just a stash guy that you bring in in like a year or two after a year of development or so. And then they took uh, Strother, who got traded to Denver anyway, uh, so I guess that really didn't matter, but – For the most part, just looking at the Pacers draft, I wasn't the biggest fan. The Magic, I thought, had an opportunity to actually do something pretty serious, and then I thought they were pretty underwhelming. Howard, I thought, was premature at 11. But I kind of want to go back and talk about Anthony Black at 6. Do we think that was a little bit too early or not? Because it felt like Orlando reached on guys that they thought had high potential. But the problem with high potential guys is that you're not sure how soon they can actually contribute. And it seemed like Orlando needed some shooting. Black wasn't a great three-point shooter. And you're looking at the rest of the roster. Do they have many knockdown three-point guys? Fultz was their point guard. He's not a great shooter either. He's gotten better, but he still doesn't attempt many of them. I just thought they needed more shooting, and I don't feel like they addressed it that much in the draft. And when they tried to, I thought they might have reached. Do you think Black should have gone sixth? Because I thought that was a little bit early. Yeah, when off your mute. Yeah, so Delonte, you can go first if you want. <laughs> now nah, let him finish his thought. My fault. Go, no, I, I, my fault. Uh, I think a lot of people did have him slid going right around seven or eight, if I'm not mistaken, for Anthony Black. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think a lot of these teams that, especially a team like Orlando, I think they were one of the worst three point shooting teams <clears throat> um, in the entire NBA last season. They did need to address some shooting. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I wasn't a, a fan of what the picks that they did make. I, I'm not. I didn't do my homework on Anthony Black. I think Lonte could probably expand more on that. But um, from the mock drafts that I respect and what I read, I think that he was slated to go around, what, six, seven, eight, Lonte. Am I, am I, am I incorrect about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was the range, the range that he was going in. I had him pegged at six the whole time. Um, I think a lot of other people had him pegged at six. So I think I might have um, just been a wall on him, but I remember yeah. the issue in college was not being the greatest three point shooter. Yeah, he's and not. he went to an Orlando team that really needs three point shooting, and he can't really shoot. So maybe it was just fit for me, but I kind of thought that they'd go in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big Anthony Black fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think that what they'll do is they'll package up Cole Anthony, uh, Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, get rid of those, and so and give him the keys. He's a long, big, physical guard. He can play both ways. He doesn't have to do a lot of scoring. Um, he does need to improve his jumper. He, he's got Paulo Franz. Um, they have Gary Harris, who actually was top three in three point percentage. You know, as long as he stays on the court, um, I, I think that's a good two guard for them. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm high on Anthony Black, so I think he'll be a great player. He didn't even play football until uh, – he didn't even play basketball until, like, the COVID year when they canceled football. He had, like, three or four D1 offers from uh, a couple of Big 12 schools. So he's really kind of still raw and, and getting into, you know, the basketball thing. So um, I, I like him. Uh, the fit is not the best, I, I will admit that. But if you look at Orlando, I mean, they're all about their length and, and the size – that they that they tried out, so I think he fits that mold perfectly. Uh, as far as Jet, I mean, yeah, that's a big reach for me. Uh, like I said, I had him like twenty second. I think I probably would have took Grady Dick yeah. there uh, to get some of that shooting, like Scott said. And he still had he still fits the mold as far as the length and, and being able to move off the ball. Uh, not the best ball handler, but still, I mean, you don't need him to handle the ball when you got you know Anthony Black, Paolo Franz, who can initiate offense as well. But yeah, I thought they reached with Jet. Uh, although, although last year around, uh, I think last summer, um, before Jet's freshman year at um, at Michigan, I saw him in a gym with a couple of NBA guys, and like he was dominating, like NBA guys, like second tier. Well, I say third tier NBA guys, and he was like technically a, still a high school senior. Um, so the upside is there, but I just don't like the fit with all of those guys in that backcourt. So, like I said, they got to be able to package those up and get, you know, a, a nice wing unless they believe in Isaac to come back and be healthy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the I thought the Magic missed out on, on Grady Dick or even like a Keontae George. If you're going to swing, I mean, swing at, at some of those bigger physical guards. I mean, even Whitmore was there. Um, I know he had questions about his medicals, but it's about four or five guys that I would have took before jet and if you really wanted him you could have traded up traded back up into the 20s and got him because i don't think anybody else is going to get him um before that but yeah all in all uh, i love anthony black i think he's going to fit them particularly well although it doesn't look good on paper uh question mark about about jet but i think he'll uh, i mean he's going to provide some explosive scoring he can shoot the ball he's athletic he doesn't pass so he's, he's a one he's a ball stopper so uh he's got to improve there uh, defensively, he's, he's bad as well. So, all for the Anthony Black pick. pick um, question marks about Jit. All right, guys, before we continue the conversation here, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Fantasy also has the Underdog Pick'em, which is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and active in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. All right, guys, one more player I wanted to touch on, and then I can open up the floor a little bit if you guys have any other final thoughts. But um, you mentioned the name, Cam Whitmore. We talked about it uh, yesterday as well on the pre-draft podcast. But um, he was really slated for – I know the Rockets were high, and I'm not bringing him just because the Rockets picked him, but he was slated to be a maybe a top 10, maybe even a top five pick. And I think the medicals is what really kind of scared off a lot of these teams. Um, and maybe, you know, I also saw a uh, interview this morning um, on ESPN um, discussing Cam Whitmore that he was a little underwhelming in his workouts. Maybe the energy wasn't there for him and the, and the medicals were a huge concern as well. So he slides all the way down to number 20. Uh, Scott, thoughts on any thoughts on Cam Whitmore? I, I, as a Rockets fan at number 20, I'm not mad about it just because it is at number 20. 
um, where before all this information that came out about Cam Whitmore, that the Rockets were considering him taking him at number four, but he falls all the way down the draft board at number 20. But any, any thoughts on, on Cam Whitmore here? Overall, I feel like once again, I was lower on him than most other people. Uh, people had him going top five. I was never really on that boat. I never thought that he was a top five guy when I watched Villanova play. I thought he'd go top 10. And then reports came out about the injuries. And then you knew at some point one guy was going to slide. Usually the guy with a questionable medical report. And that was Whitmore in this draft. And he slid to the 20s. So it wasn't a Will Levis slide, but it wasn't very good. But still, I think it's decent value at 20. Once again, for the NBA draft, especially nowadays where everyone's coming in at 19 years old, nobody really knows anything. You're kind of just drafting guys with upside and you're hoping that you can kind of mold them into the player that you need and hopefully they'll be able to pan out for you. So I don't mind it at 20 because Houston could have taken him at four in theory and they got him at 20. So I like the overall spot there for Houston. Having said that, I have to assume his medical charts a complete disaster. And that's why a lot of really good organizations passed on him when he kept sliding. I mean, you're looking at Houston going 20th, 19th was the Warriors, 18th was Miami, and neither team wanted him. I I feel like that's pretty telling to me because those are two of the better run organizations in the entire league. And a guy fell double digit spots into their laps and they said, you know what? We're good. So I feel like that's kind of a problem. If it was a couple of incompetent teams in front of Houston, and then Houston ended up taking him. I wouldn't be you know, that concerned by it. But still, the fact that two of the best run organizations had a chance to get this guy without having to trade up and decided to not take him tells me that his medicals are going to be a problem. So Houston gambled on it. They can afford to gamble. They have a very young team. Assuming James Harden doesn't go there, we'll see. But still, the point is they can afford to wait it out. But at first glance, I'm not shocked that he slid once the medical report issues came out. And with those teams passing on him, I'm a bit concerned as well. Dante, thoughts on uh, Whitmore going all the way down to 20? Uh, yeah, man. I, I mean, I think it was the, the the medical stuff, but I mean, I don't know for sure. But I, I'm hearing it was more so the, the interview process. And I could tell, like, he looked uncomfortable whenever they were asking him the draft questions. Even the pre-draft stuff, he looked kind of uncomfortable. So I can kind of see um, how some, I guess, GMs or front offices would have been uh, weary of that. But I always was uh, it always, it's always a question mark of do you really care what these guys like how these guys answer questions I, mean, I, I do also enjoy the idea that Miami and Golden State gave him like questions and they didn't like he didn't, they didn't like the answers and Houston gave him the same questions they didn't like the answers either but they've heard Kevin Porter Jr and Jalen Green and said you know <laughs> right. what'll fit right in <laughs> right yeah uh but as far as fit man um if you like AAU basketball, I mean, it, they are going to be a fun team, like athletic, downhill. Uh, they still don't have any shooting. Can they guard pers- anybody? No, hell no. They can't guard okay. anybody. They, they can't can guard sure. us. Let's three. Run off the uh, totals three, uh, are still uh, overs for opponents yeah. against the Rockets. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Us three, Sean and, and Kramer, man, we, we probably give them like 105, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> now, they, they, we probably give up 130, but still. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I personally would have took Omax. I think he's a, a better defensive prospect. He fits into what um, Eme would have done. I think he went went a pick after um, Whitmore. But I understand the pick. And then know. he got traded, didn't he? With, um, Omax? Yeah, he, he got um, traded to Dallas. But okay, so yeah. Whitmore went 20th and uh, Omax went 24th. Okay, yeah. So I would have took yeah. Omax there. 
yeah, I would have took Omax there. I think he's got more upside defensively. I think Ime would have loved him there. Doesn't need the ball to impact the game. I mean, like we just said, they don't have a, a defensive player on the team. I think he would have fit right in. Offensively, I mean, he didn't have to worry about offense. I mean, you got all those guys who are offensively driven. Um, but I, I like Houston's draft. I, I mean, I like uh, I like him in. I, I think he's going to be good for them. Allow Jalen Green to play more on the wing. I'm uh, going to be interesting to see who takes a lot of those shots. But all in all, I, I thought Omax was was the better player. I understand it. Top, I mean, top five, top six potential, and you get him at twenty. I mean, that's just extreme value. Uh, now, whether his medicals can hold up is another story. I don't know about that, but I mean, good fit. I mean, he's a downhill driver. He's going to get to the lane. Athletic. Uh, I mean, if we were just basing it off athleticism alone, Houston number one power rated team and, and far far ahead of everybody else. Um, they need some more adults, uh, went off. I mean, I, I think they need some more adults on the staff. A lot of kids in that in that locker room. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm interested to see like if if everybody stays. I know got a decision on um, Kenya Martin Senior. Uh, I think Tari Eason is going to be a big uh, a big imprint on that. Him and Shingun going to be a big imprint on that lineup. Um, but as far as the rookies, like I, I like a man. Like I said, Cam. I mean. I just don't know uh, about Cam. Uh, some of the stuff that I was hearing about, you know, his his injuries and back even back to high school. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, question mark for me there, but I, I do like what Houston's done. I would have liked for them to get Omax though. Um, so interested to see what they do as far as a veteran presence because they do need, you know, a couple veteran presence uh, in that locker room. Yeah, I mean, I there Houston, has been. Houston, oh, sorry, I was going to say no, no, Houston's go got a lot of fun prospects. I'm not yeah, sure absolutely. how many of them are going to be around in a year and a half. Yeah, but yeah. if you're looking at a team that's starting at basically ground zero, trying to build something up, I'm not sure if Jalen Green's the guy to lead them. Probably not. Maybe they'll get rid of him at some point. We'll see. Houston does have a lot of talent in the building, and there's a lot of prospects you might like. They're going to have to package a couple of them and trade some of them because once again, they're going to need to get a star at some point if they want to get themselves out of the cellar. Yeah. But I'm sure Munaf can touch upon it. There's a lot of talent there. They're not mm-hmm. going to be good at all, but I do th- I mean, in terms of overall roster this year or in terms mm-hmm. of record. But there's some decent pieces in there that maybe yeah. could blossom into something. I agree. And Munaf, before you go, I was going to say, yeah. like, I think that this year specifically, they're going to play 1,000 times harder because Ime is going to make them play 1,000 times harder. Now, they might can't defend, but I think they're going to give maximum effort just because of Ime and his presence. So I do think that, like, I mean, you got those young guys, they're athletic. I mean, defense is about effort. It's not about talent. So if they yeah. just put together, you know, the mindset of, of wanting to, to defend, and, and if you defend, I mean, like I said, we all think they're one of the most athletic teams. You get out in transition and run, I mean, that's your offense right there. So I think they will play with max effort for Ime. Uh, interesting to see what you think, you know. Yeah, I think last season we talked about this during the regular season, that the young talent the Rockets had, like, well, I don't, I didn't understand why they weren't playing with more pace be- just because you have all these young guys. And when you have young, you know, young legs, you should be playing faster uh, in the NBA. And I think it also went back to coaching that Steven Silas really didn't have an identity on this offense. Uh, for the Houston Rockets, whether he wanted to run the offense through uh, Jalen Green or that was going to be through Shane Goon. And now with him gone and you hired Emi Udoka, Udoka is going to get the the best out of all these guys. But I think for the Rockets, there's seven guys on this roster that that are probably going to or not not be the foundation, but are are going to be part of this future. Um, and that's probably going to be Jalen Green, Shane Goon, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith, uh, Thompson. Um. I'm missing two guys there, but I, th- I think the two out the guys that are in the. You think they'll move Porter Jr.? 
Kevin Porter Jr. Can't and, get moving. So I think I'm Kevin Porter Jr. is probably going to have to end up going on uh, either coming off the bench in a six-man role or they're going to have to package him maybe at the trade deadline. But I think the two guys that are going to be out or that they can trade and, and you know, um, teams that can use contenders or contenders can use maybe in a, in a off the bench role is like you mentioned with with KJ Martin and then Jay Sean Tate as well. Those are two guys that you know contending teams can use. So um, also the rumors have floated about you know like you guys mentioned uh, bringing bringing in veteran guys, some adults in the locker room. Um, guys like Brooke Lopez have been mentioned. Dylan Brooks has been mentioned as well. I don't feel great about that, obviously. But I thought he's going Fred, to China. I, I, I'm hoping so that he doesn't end up with the Rockets. But he's going to um, Phoenix. Mid-level. Hey, maybe. Uh, and then uh, Fred Van Vliet has been the other name that's kind of been circulating. Obviously, we've talked about James Hearns at as, as, as volumes as well. But, um, yeah, I think the next step for the Rockets is going to be figuring out, you know, bringing in those veterans in the locker room and kind of kind of rounding out this team. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I just wanted to c- touch on Cam Whitmore because, you know, like Scott mentioned, he was kind of the Will Levis-esque uh, type of player. Uh, player in this nba draft um for for uh for this year um i want to kind of open up the floor here before we do get out of here uh, um anything else you guys want to mention that kind of caught your eye here uh scott we'll start with you uh of the guys that we did talk about or we haven't talked about anything else that kind of caught your eye either in the first round or the second round uh yeah well first things first i thought espn's broadcast sucked i want to get that out of the way i was not a fan of the way they handled the broadcast. Whitmore's falling. Nobody's talking about it. They're interviewing. They're asking the same prospect every que- every single question. They're turning to their parents. So what do you think this team's going to get? What do you think of your own kid? Oh, I think he's fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for that interview. Really appreciate hearing it 30-something times. Really insightful information there. Uh, but for me, one thing I do want to talk about, which I thought was a pretty interesting team to follow throughout the draft, was actually the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm not saying that their moves were good or bad, but they had to try to do something. They got rid of the Bertans contract, and they traded down. Now, you can make an argument they should have taken uh, Wallace anyway, because Wallace is a very good player, and maybe they could have used his versatility as a ball handler, etc. But Dallas saved some cap space, and they drafted Derek Lively. Now, Lively, I watched a Duke... Very good rim protector. And they needed help with rim protection. The problem is he's extremely raw offensively. So raw that he barely scored at times for Duke in games. So I get that he's going to be potentially a lob threat with Luka. And I know that he's supposed to help out with rim protection because Dallas had none of that last year. It does feel like Lively, though is going to need a year to grow potentially in terms of either just experience or in terms of potentially, you know, weight. But I do think that when you're looking at Dallas, they were the most interesting team to me to follow because they've already made three separate all-in pushes. It's not going to work. I'm just telling you that right now. But it is kind of fun to see what desperate teams do when they need to triple down on a bad decision in order to try to make this work. They're probably going to bring Kyrie back. They still have Luka. They got to keep Luka happy or at least try to. But I thought Dallas was the interesting team to follow because OKC absorbed the Bertans contract because they have so much cap space. They got Wallace, so OKC, I'm a big fan of what they did in the draft in general. But Dallas was the team I was looking at because you knew they had to do something after they tanked the final game of the season to try to get into the lottery in the first place and to try to get into the top 10. And they ended up get or top 12, and they ended up getting a center. If you like Lively, then you probably like the move. 
I'm a bit skeptical on if he'll be able to have an impact immediately or not. It's a position of need, but I felt like it was a little bit early based on how raw he is. But I thought Dallas and what they did was fascinating. Is it going to work out long-term? Probably not. But I do think, once again, it was interesting to observe from a distance what they were trying to do. Yeah, I think that, again, you mentioned it with with Dallas, how the season kind of transpired for them, especially at the end of the year, um, and how they kind of fill out the roster after or with Luka, possibly also getting Kyrie back. We'll see. We'll keep our eye on that situation. Well, they have to at this point, right? Yeah. Um, But it's always coming down to, obviously, the perimeter defense we know is going to be absolutely terrible when you have uh, Kyrie and Luka in the backcourt. But, yeah, you're right. That was a team that you definitely wanted to keep an eye on, and and there's always that, that... at the beginning of the season that some uh, somebody out there is picking Luca to either win MVP or, or the Mavericks to be that quote unquote dark horse team where I did just you, don't did you think hear the news he's he lost like 15 pounds again during the off season. So <laughs> how, how are they going to lose? Well, I thought last year was the year that it was coming off the Euro, uh, the Euro, uh, the Euro cup, I guess, Euro basket, yeah, Euro basketball, whatever it's called uh, that he, he came into that this last season in the best shape because he was playing uh, in, in that tournament. Um, but didn't lo and he gain behold, weight as the season went on? I, I'm guessing so. So whatever he does in the off season, he wasn't able to do. So he just did it during the regular season. But um, yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not high on this Mavericks team, man. Again, offensively, they're going to be great. But at the end of the day, you have to get stops, and uh, that's not a team right now that that's going to be able to get stops, especially when you have Luca and Kyrie in, in the in the backcourt. So. Uh, we'll see. Bertanz's contract, by the way, that has to be the first part of giving Kyrie a decent deal, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We're getting Middleton for that. Uh, to be honest, I'm a little bit surprised Middleton opted out. Uh, that might be a separate conversation. I know that he, yeah. he might get paid, but I wouldn't want to pay Middleton based on injuries. But Dallas is once again a desperate team. We'll see. Getting rid of the Bertanz contract was worth trading down two spots. I still mm-hmm. like Wallace as a player, but. Maybe you saw something that I didn't, Delonte. Do you think Lively is a pro-ready guy? Because I saw a guy at Duke that can give you rim protection, a lot of foul trouble, and he's a no offensive talent whatsoever. Well, if he's not, he's going to have to be because he's going to be stepping in right away. Um, they got him I, solely for rim protection. But once again, he can't really do anything offensively. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he has to pick and roll stuff with – I, I kind of like what Dallas did with, with Lively and Omax. I'm not a big you know fan of, of Lively, but I think a lot of his – um, downside in college had to do with the way it was fit. They were playing the prototypical too big with him and um, Philipkowski. Yeah, Philipkowski, which I like Philipkowski a, a lot better. Than Isn't him, he like seven? Six apparently, now? he's like eight feet now. Yeah, he's like seven six <laughs> now or something. They said he had yeah. a massive growth spurt or something. He, he's Jesus. like he gained like six inches or whatever. But yeah, man, he, uh, he's, that, he's, I'll he's, believe he's, when I see it. But anyway, yeah. I do like Prosper. I like Omax, so yeah. I like that pick. But. Yeah. I don't mind the lively pick if you think he can, he can contribute immediately because once again Dallas is screwed. They're yeah. already committed to they're already in too deep and they have to try to make this work. So I understand they're trying to address a position of need. Their defense was awful, so they got themselves a rim protector. But either way, I don't mind what Dallas did because they really didn't have many options left because they've screwed up the first nine steps. So they got to try to fix steps ten and eleven. But I, overall, I thought their draft was interesting. That's kind of why I brought it up. Yeah, um, I, I like the draft. Honestly, I, I like that they're actually drafting for what they need and not um, just trying to throw haymakers. Because at the end of the day, they needed rim protection. They need yeah. uh, they needed 
perimeter defense. Omax can give you perimeter defense. He's more so of a more athletic Dorian Finney Smith. If you watch some of his um some of his film, uh, yeah. very athletic, not gonna wow you with offense, doesn't need the ball in his hands, gonna rebound at a high level, high motor, uh lively. He's gonna block shots. I think he's he's gonna have to be the one who takes the biggest step because he's gonna be asked to do more than yeah. any other rookie because he's in a role for a team who's actually now whether they believe it or not, they think they can contend for a title. Uh, two of the better offensive threats, so he's going to be running a lot of pick and rolls. Um, Shire did have him run a lot of pick and rolls while he was at Duke, um, and he still couldn't score. That's kind of my problem. Yeah, yeah, but but I think I think more so in, at Duke, he didn't. He was injury ridden and like uh, the fit just wasn't for him to score. Now, I mean, technically, he doesn't have to score in this role. I mean, 10, 10 to eleven points a, a game with you know seven eight rebounds, a block and a half. I think that'll be like I think Cuban and the organization will be fine with that. And Omax just being a disruptor, um, you know, connector on the offensive end, I think that'll be a, a big part for them. Uh, I was, like I said, man, I was, I was okay with what Dallas did. Um, like, I, I think they, I think they improved their roster, especially getting off the Bertans deal. Now, what they do um, with that money, and as far as Kyrie thing, that's another situation, another conversation. But as far as the draft picks, man, I, I, I like them. They were one of, they were one of my winners um, for the draft. There is one other team I want to talk about, but yeah. uh, I don't know if you had a team you wanted to talk about first or if you wanted to finish up with the Mavericks. I, I think that what you mentioned, um, and we again, we kind of going back to the season, I think the past couple of seasons we've talked about it, that the Dallas Mavericks needed that front court presence or rim protector. They tried it or some type of inside presence. They tried it with Christian Wood. didn't really work out this past season. Dwight Powell, I mean, he has flashes, but he's not the um, – the tallest or, or the longest guy as far as rim protection goes. Um, and they had to kind of go out and make that move. And I think they address that. We'll see how he gets developed and how he gets coached up by Jason Kidd and that staff. But um, I didn't really have any other teams that kind of stuck out to me. Um, Lante, do you have any other players or teams that you wanted to mention? Uh, oh, Scott, you can go ahead with your, you can go ahead with your other team. Maybe it's, it's one that I want to talk about and we could just knock it all all, all at once. Well, I'm not saying this team did well or not. I actually like the players they got, but we got to talk about it because I don't know what the direction of this team is. I got to talk about Portland. I, I feel yeah. like we have to talk about Portland. bottom bottom three draft in in, in the bottom. Three. I, I think yeah, we got to talk about it because they were rumored to potentially trade Lillard. Then you heard rumors about Simons being offered for Mikel Bridges with the number three pick, and whether you like the Bridges or not, the point is there was rumors of an offer on the table. So Portland kept both guys. They took Scoot out of necessity because Scoot's available at three. You're taking Scoot at three. Like they, that's not even a discussion. I like Murray as a three-point shooter they got later on in the first round, but it's mostly just based on direction. Once again, I like the overall players that they got in the draft. I don't know enough about Rupert, who played in NZ, for NZ Breakers. I don't really know much about him, but still. The point is, overall, I like the players they got. But I have no idea what the franchise is trying to do. So I don't know how to grade their draft because they've got the guys that I think can contribute. But the problem is they don't have any direction. Lillard's still there. Simons is still there. Now they add another guard with Scoot. I got to at least bring it up because I don't really know what Portland's trying to do. It feels like they're stalling when they should just blow it up already. But once again, I like the players that they got individually. 
for Portland, I'll keep it simple. They they need to make a decision on Damian Lillard. Like, hey, you're gonna or stick Simon. around for the rest of your career. I think Simon's Both. can yeah. But I think for for the Portland Trouble, they need to make a decision on Damian Lillard. Like Damian Lillard can't dictate what he wants to do. Like, if you're gonna have a direction for the future of your franchise, you need to make a decision on Dame. Like, have a meeting with Dame. Like Dame, you want to be here if you want to finish out the rest of your career. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll try to fill out the rest of the roster the best that we can. If not, we're gonna may move you at the, be either beginning of the season or by the trade deadline, uh, because we keep on hearing all these reports that hey, Dame doesn't want to be part of these these youth movements and this that and the other. But I think that when the draft Scoot Henderson, that he's gonna be the future uh, face of your franchise. You need to move on for Dame. Stop letting Dame dictate what you want to do as a franchise. Because as loyal had the, as he's been to Portland and given you those you know playoff moments and those incredible shots um i think it's going to come to a point where there's a team like you know miami or, or the lakers and or the sixers that can use a guy like damon lillard to probably put them over the top to contend or be a legitimate title threat uh going forward so i, I think that for me i'm sick and tired about hearing that about hey poorly i'm going to decide on what i want to do if i want to be here and not deciding on what do we do in the draft or what we do in the in free agency where the front office would be like, Hey, thank you for your services. But I think it's time for us to part ways mutually. And we'll find you a destination where you want to go. That's, I think that's where I'm kind of with Portland. Lante, any thoughts on the, on, on that or Damian Lillard and Portland going into the future? Well, first of all, was that one of the teams you wanted to mention or did I just go rogue there? Uh, to, um, pro, Portland. No, I, I mean, I think, a couple of teams. I wasn't sure if you were going to go. Oh there, yeah. But. No, no, they, they're just, they're not even worth talking about. I mean, they're letting Dame hold them hostage and it's going to cost them in the end. I mean, as constructed, they they had like a, a F draft, even with Scoot. I mean, because like I said, you have Scoot Henderson. I mean, you have Scoot, uh, Dame Simons, and you know uh, Ryan is a prospect. He's def- he's a defensive guy, uh, long, athletic, not offensively driven. But again, those you think he's going to play with those three guys in front of him? No, he's not. I mean, he's better defensively than probably all of those guys combined. But again. If you if you want to win, I mean he's not going to be in the in the process now. And you got Simon. I mean, not, yeah, not Simon. You got um, Sharp there. I don't know what they're going to do with Grant uh, Nurkic. I thought they should have took a big. Uh, Murray is fine. I, I think Murray's a, a fine player, but I think you hit it on the head, Scott. The direction they don't have any direction of where they're going to go. Like with some of these teams, you can see okay, this is how we're going to play this style. Like with Dallas, all right, they they fit with their defensive things with. Um, you know, I guess San Antonio will be a bad example because they got a generational guy. But uh, just some I mean, some teams have it's a team like that, right? Right? They're athletic. We're going to get out and run. We're going to get out in space. Like they have a direction and an agenda. Portland, I think, was just drafting guys just for the hell of it. They don't know what what they what they're going to do. I thought the same thing with Indiana. I thought they were just drafting just to draft, just whatever. We're just going to take swings at, at whoever. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just kind of sick of of Dame like. Okay, we're gonna. He's gonna wait around to see uh, what they're gonna do with the rest of the roster. Uh, how you can really we need to wait around? Like, how is no? I mean, that, that's what that's, that's what the that's what the reports were saying. Like, I guess uh, you know no, that's the problem with the reports. Cool. Lord knows they're not gonna build a title contending team here. Like, they, what the right. hell are they supposed? They're gonna suddenly become a contender because of one off season, right? And how how does he go from okay, I want to be here to oh yeah, I want to see what. We what they're gonna do like uh, in the off season to I don't want to you know be a rebuild team so I I think they're both confused and they each don't know what they want so until they figure that out uh, they're gonna be in purgatory for right now yeah I, I hated Portland's draft I, really I think hypothetically 
if the Charlotte Hornets would have taken Scoot Henderson at number two, I think Portland would have probably traded a number three pick for like a win now type of player, whether that was, and I'm just throwing names out there, like the Pelicans had taken up the number three pick or, you know, we heard about the Paul George rumor as well. Yeah, I would have took, I mean, I thought Brandon Miller would have fit them just as good. Yeah. Uh, him, Shaden Sharp yeah. on the wing. Um, I am curious, would, would you have done the Mikel Bridges trade if the Nets said yes? What, for, for Portland? Yeah, was Hell it the yeah. third pick with and Scoot, Simon? With Scoot on the board? Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm. I'm doing it. Mikael Bridges, I'm doing it. To be honest, uh, for Portland, I, I would have done that too. Yeah, As for Portland, fan, I'm doing it. I'm yeah. kind of – I like Scoot, but still, I don't mind the Nets saying no to that. I'm a bit lower on Simons than most people because he literally can't stay healthy. Ever. Yeah, if I yeah, if I was fair enough. if I was uh, if I was Portland, I was doing it in a heartbeat. You got to prove it. Just played eighty three games last year. Like I I have a problem with Simon because he can't stay healthy. That's kind of the main issue I have. But I mentioned Portland. I agree with Delonte. They don't have any direction. I don't mind the players they got, but still, I kind of want to know what teams Delonte wanted to talk about. Uh, man, I want to talk about your Knicks. What do you yeah, think about the Knicks? What do you think about the Knicks uh, draft? Well, that's going to segue because we talked about the Bridges rumored trade. I'm fine with the Nets not taking it. I understand you want I, – I love Scoot as a player. I get it. The Nets don't own any of their picks until – I don't even know when, 2040? So you can't voluntarily <laughs> tank and rebuild when Houston owns all your picks anyway. So the Nets are stuck. The Nets have to try to win now without being good enough to win a title right now. And Bridges had moments last year where he looks like he can be an all-star. So I don't mind the moves keeping Bridges. So we'll start there. As for their picks, I don't mind the first pick that they made when they took uh, the Clowney. player out of Alabama. They ended Clowney. up taking Clowney, Clowney, who gives them some size and some great defense. Team. Not a great shooter, though. I thought the Nets needed more shooting, but still, he can help with them on defense, and I do think he can give them some versatility with some lineups. I really don't like the Whitehead pick because he couldn't stay healthy in college, and I watched him at Duke. I thought he had moments, but for the most part, he underachieved at Duke, which is not a hot tag. I think that's a pretty general consensus opinion. He was not very good at Duke, at least yeah. compared to his high school uh, class rating. I think he was a top two prospect in his class, and he didn't actually pan out at all at Duke. I would have rather have taken um, Omax. I would have potentially have taken Smith Jr. out of Arkansas if you wanted to go through that route. Maybe even Murray if you wanted to take some shooting. But I thought the Nets draft was okay. It seemed like they just picked guys they thought could contribute somewhat immediately. And maybe the argument is, well, Whitehead can be a pretty solid ball handle or maybe a backup point guard if he stays healthy. <clears throat> I don't like drafting guys that are constantly injured in college. And Whitehead was constantly injured in college. I don't mind Clowney. I'll give him some toughness and some size. Bit raw, but I think he's pretty good in general. Needs to improve the shot, though. I was not the biggest fan of the Whitehead pick. But the Nets draft, I mean, there were teams that did worse. It wasn't that flashy, but I wouldn't have taken Whitehead there. I really wanted Omax, and they didn't take Omax. Dante? Yeah, I mean, I thought they should have taken up. I mean, Clowney was a great pick. I thought I thought Clowney was, was, a, was a really good pick. I think he fits the, the size need. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, he didn't have to shoot as much at Bama, uh, more so just a, a rim runner and a rim protector, which I yeah, think that's my what... My point is, is he the backup for Claxton? He's trying to use both of them together, because if you are, he's got to have to shoot a little bit. Yeah, no, I think... Yeah, no, I think he'll, I think he'll back up Claxton and yeah. come in as an energy guy, because, I mean, Claxton's going to be in foul trouble, or he's going to be hurt within the first, yeah. you know, two or three minutes of the game. 
Uh, well, I like Claxton, but you know he's just got to be a little bit more consistent. Um, I like the Clowney pick Fallon. overall. The yeah, I love pick, I was not a fan of. Yeah, I love Clowney. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't like Whitehead at all. I thought they should have took a point guard because don't have a natural point guard. I mean, Spencer's not a point guard. I thought they could have used um, a point guard at that position. Um, I don't have the. I don't have it in front of me. I just got. I was going to say. I, I mentioned Nick Smith Jr. from Arkansas. I'm not sure if he's officially a point guard. There really weren't many point guards available at this point in the draft, unless you yeah. wanted to reach on Sasser. No, which, I would have took Kobe Jones. Okay. I would have took Kobe Jones more. Of a, Nick Smith more of a combo guard. But my thing is, if you were going to take uh, Whitehead, who's more of a, uh, a shooting guard, I mean, you're you're log jammed at shooting guard and small forward. So unless Cam is going to walk and, and you don't think you're going to bring him back. I don't think Whitehead fits at all. I, I'm I'm lower on him um, than than most, but I thought you could have took a like a Leonard Miller type of guy if you want to go with. That's who I thought they were going to take. Yeah, so right. if you wanted to go with wings, I would have went with Leonard Miller over uh, over Whitehead. I had Whitehead in the second round. Uh, you even could have went with you know pick it any maybe? anybody, but but like a point guard anybody. Um, I said pick him. it. Isn't wasn't Pickett like one of the only point guards at that at that spot? Might have been um, a bit early, but still. Yeah, I, I don't have I don't have it right in front of me. Um, okay. But yeah, I probably would have tried to at least take a take a point guard or, or try to find, you know, uh, a gym like uh, Leonard Miller who was a double double on the team with Scoot Henderson. I think he was sixteen and eleven yeah, um, in that league. Uh, I think Jalen Wilson will probably be an impact player day one on that. That round. I liked that pick. Love I was Jaylen a big Wilson. fan of in the second round. I but again. If they keep Cam, he's they're kind of log jammed at, at at that spot, so it's kind of uh, up and down. But I love the Jalen uh, Wilson pick. So two out of three, I, I think that's a, a solid draft. Um, don't like I don't like Whitehead. I've never been a fan of Whitehead, even when he was in high school. Um, but so, that was one team you mentioned. I don't know if you wanted to bring him up because I'm here or because you want to talk about the. No, no, that was that was, that was one of the teams I had. <laughs> <laughs> do you, yeah, do you have any other teams had. you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, quickly. I know we got to get out of here. Uh, one thing. Shout out to Utah. Big fan of their draft. Yeah, I was about. To, that's one of the teams I had circled. Big fan of Utah's draft. Um, got a bunch of needs. Uh, I thought if I if we could have got a Keontae George exacta that would have paid whatever, I, w- I would have probably put a lot of money on it. I mean, all the reports were saying yeah, uh, they loved him. I even put it in my uh, in my mock draft. Like, I'd be surprised. If they the problem was him. which pick they were going to use to take George. Yeah, I figured they I figured they'd go Hendricks first because uh, or whoever they were going to pick. I, I thought Hendricks or uh, Bilal actually was a, was a good. Yeah. Um. Draft pick there. I thought they'd go with them first, thinking that you know other teams would sniff that out and, and pick before them. Um. Big fan of Utah. Big big fan of Oklahoma City's draft. Um. Yeah. They got Keontae Johnson in the second round. I think he's going to be a, a real good player for them. Kaysen Wallace. Big fan of him. Um. Man, one of the more important drafts and good drafts that I thought. Man, Golden State. Great draft. Uh. Yeah. Pazinski, Pazinski, uh, they got Trace Jackson Davis to fill a big need at that um, at the rim. He's That's a better a version. Pick. He's a better version of, of Kaminga. I think Kaminga will be traded. Um, I can't believe he fell down that much. I understand he's a bit undersized as a center, and you could argue there's no position for him. The guy's just a very good basketball player. Like at I, some I thought, point, you can find yeah. ways to plug him into a lineup. Yeah, I thought the Clippers were going to take him at thirty. Um, and he was a pretty good rim protector for an yeah. undersized guy. Yeah, he was. So I, I like Golden State's um, draft, man. They got, I mean, what Pazinski can shoot the cover off the ball. Like he can really shoot it. And although Steve Kerr is not a big fan of of rookies, we saw that um, Pazinski fits a need. He can fit in with that system, running gun. He's from right up the street. I mean, he went to Santa Clara. We yeah. saw what the last Santa Clara guard did. Um, 
in, in the NBA last year and a different type of guard. But in that system, man, I think he's going to be a, a good fit for them. I like Trace. Uh, I think he fits a, a good void to come in, block some shots. He can run the floor, uh, sets good screens. Ran a, he ran an NBA offense with um, – Mike Woodson at Indiana. So, you know, some of the NBA te- uh, terminology he's going to be familiar with um, and understand it a lot better than some of those other guys. So big fan of that draft, man. Big fan of the draft. Didn't like Jordan Hawkins going to the Pelicans. Thought they should have took a guard. I think that's probably the worst place that he could have went to showcase the stuff. It, that it's the worst place they could have went, but I, I really like New Orleans' roster on paper. Because I'm a <laughs> yeah, big but Hawkins I mean, guy. I but, love but I mean, who, who's going to so play? Who's he going to play in front of? I mean, you got to. It's a terrible spot for him. I'm Herb, just saying. Ingram, I really like Trey, New Orleans' roster. Like, yeah, I mean, they need a point guard. I thought Nick Smith or uh, I thought Nick Smith was a great pick there, or uh, Shafino. But I'm glad the Lakers. I thought the Lakers had a good draft too. I mean, I could go on for like an hour, so I'm not. But yeah, those are just a few of the teams that that I like. Golden State. Um, OKC, Utah, great drafts. I thought they had incredible drafts. I'll give a shout-out to the Lakers. I thought they did a nice job of doing nothing yeah. and having uh, Hood Hood fall into their laps at 17. Day one starter, get rid of D'Lo. That's Day what I'm saying. Day I just thought Day it was a solid starter. draft for them not having to do anything. They Day just had a guy starter. that landed in their lap. And Max yeah. Lewis can shoot the cover off the ball, too. Yep. All right, guys, that is going to do it for our draft uh, recap for the 2023 NBA draft. We'll be back. Sometime early next week, maybe Monday or Tuesday, we'll uh, get into the NBA Rookie of the Year market for the upcoming season. But, uh, Lante, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here, my man? Nah, man. Um, glad we got to do this. Uh, really enjoy the NBA draft, uh, as, as everybody can tell. But, um, yeah, looking forward to the summer league now. Uh, so we'll get to evaluate, see some of these guys playing, see some of the two-way. I thought a lot of guys that didn't get drafted um, that are on two-ways have an opportunity to make a couple of teams and to be um, – effective in that role uh also a big fan of charlotte's draft so also charlotte i, I like some of the guys that they get if you if you ignore the miller pick i really <laughs> like getting bailey in the second round bro ba- uh, bailey I was, and I was a big bailey guy bailey and smith yeah so they gotta they probably gotta have to move off um you know rosier uh hayward um well rosier's gone i mean they're gonna yeah, trade Rozier, i think we'll get traded anyway. yeah. yeah so yeah S- I, I like scott it. anything else not really. Uh, I'm happy you mentioned Charlotte at the last minute because I actually do like their draft besides taking Miller over Scoot. But still, uh, yeah, it should be fun awaiting uh, for the Rookie of the Year stuff. Uh, looking forward to the upcoming season. Summer League's going to be fun. I usually bet on some Summer League stuff. It's kind of funny how I go about actually betting on Summer League because I just look at the rosters and whichever players I think played winning basketball I just back them on a team, <laughs> and I've done pretty well for myself over the last couple of years. I have a pretty good gauge of determining which players are actually going to play well in a team setting and which ones won't, and that has actually worked out in the Summer League in the past. And I know that Delonte said he might be going to Vegas to watch some of the Summer League. Yeah, I'm so. hoping so, man. I'm hoping so. Tickets are really are really cheap for uh, like flights from from here. But um, Tickets yeah, are I'm free trying- if you win enough in the casino. <laughs> that too, that too. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to get like uh, in the building to like cover it. So I'm, I'm working on some stuff like that. So we'll see. Point is, looking forward to it. Should be fun over the next yeah. couple months. Underdogs yeah. kill in Summer 100%. League, so that's underdogs are, are really good, really really good bits. Do you think Cam Thomas is in Summer League this year? If he is, give me his points over. Oh, Post-Summer League MVP. Every game. Post, every yeah, MVP. <laughs> hey, look, but right, guys, like I, I, I haven't seen the roster. I haven't seen the roster yet, Munaf, but my early pick uh-huh. to win Summer League, Houston. Early pick to win it. Isn't Sacramento always really too, good in the Summer League? Didn't they win? Who won last year? Um, was it Sacramento? 
did Sacramento win? I think they did. Because Keegan, Sacramento yeah. did Keegan win. played really well. Yeah. 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 All right, guys, like I said, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about Rookie of the Year. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at SGPNNBA. Make sure to follow Lante on Twitter at XXLanteXX. Follow uh, Scott on Twitter at Rice Radio, and you can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da-da.